Hello everyone and welcome back to Chicago Verified, a podcast tailored to the cannabis community as a whole. Sorry for the delay on the new episodes, but as you can imagine, it is slightly difficult finding guests for a podcast in the current state of things, especially when it comes to showing off the plants that bring you so much pride and joy. But my guest Asher was amazing and we were able to finally lock in an in-person sesh. Asher is a dispensary worker here in Chicago and is also a living soil grower. We had a chance to pick his mind and take a look at his beautiful garden prior to the interview and I will make sure to add clips of that on my Instagram. So make sure to follow Chicago Verified there. At the start of the interview, we sampled my homegrown sweet deep grapefruit to loosen us up a bit and you will be able to tell that there was definitely some effects. Whenever we do reference the cannabis that we are smoking, it will be the sweet deep grapefruit. Welcome back everybody to Chicago Verified, our first in live episode ever. Uh, today we have Asher with us. How are we doing guys? It's all great man. Uh, thank you again for rescheduling. Uh, we've tried to do this for about a month now. Um, and something always comes up from one of us, but it's glad to finally meet you in person and, you know, be standing here and having a chance to see your clients, man. It's nice to meet you. Same here. Appreciate you coming out. Of course, of course. Um, so without further ado, do you mind if we like you? No, of course not. Cool. Be honored. <laughs> Never be as prepared as I expected. Right. It's, it's like, I brought everything. Nope, you didn't. It's like a stoner. You think I'd have one. I have seven at home at all times. When every time I go to Costco, I, I have to buy a new pack. Just well, to be good have it. Yeah. But you should start buying clippers so you could refill them. Because then fuckers would take them. These papers smoke amazing. They're super tasty. It's like there's no flavor to it right now besides the weed. Hmm. Besides the cannabis? Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm impressed. This is my first time smoking them. I should definitely, you know, blame myself for the rolling issue, but... I don't like them pretty well. It's really nice, sweet tones of, like, tangy in there. Like that initial, like, tang yeah. is what gets you. Yeah. Um, and then afterwards, I I really enjoy how there's like no harshness, um, coming out. Like smoke coming out, usually that's where you like it starts kicking in, like or flaring out your like throat basically mm -hmm. to like stuff. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, when it's cured well, uh, there is no cough, there is no and you can just keep having a normal conversation with smoke in your lungs and it'll just gradually come out without you even noticing it because it's that smooth and that's commercial right there how long did you uh, cure for? Uh, this has been curing for about a month I have heard some people uh, even say they've like tried to do it up to like three or four months uh, I know three months being like a really good like lengthy time for it for like everything um but i also imagine that being like 
almost every time having to like every day even almost check it like regularly on it like so i think it's most important to do that consistent burping like in the first two weeks just because that's when the cannabis is the most wet and is most prone to white powdery mildew after those initial like two to three weeks mm-hmm. and it's more like controlled in that like 60% humidity range, yeah. you only have to burp it like once or twice um, a week, mm-hmm. I'd say. So it's not as a stressful thing, but you definitely do still have to burp it. Yeah. Um, and I read somewhere, might've been Reddit, so don't quote me on this, that some of the people that like enter cannabis cups, mm-hmm. usually cure, not usually, but some of them cure their bud for six months. And then that's when they notice that the benefits start deteriorating and it's no longer as beneficial mm-hmm. as just like having, yeah. um, yes, curing it after six months is basically proven like this is where it starts to cake. Yeah. Three try homes and stuff start going down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this was my sweet deep grapefruit uh, that I was in my like last series. Uh, and I really haven't reported anything since that. Um, mainly because I want to get this, as I was telling you earlier, um, I got to split up my tent. Mm-hmm. And I think I want to run a full series using just the Mars Hydrolite, mm-hmm. just so I can like see the difference yeah. between my bar light and that square Mars Hydro OG light of, of mine. Which one did you have? The one there's Oh, the two? Yeah, the 2000. Yeah. Uh, so it's still quite strong. Yeah. I mean, uh, quite happy with yeah. it. I'm, I'm excited. No, nope. surprisingly for how much like wattage it consumes, like actual wattage, yeah. I'm surprised I don't get light burn. Like you can see, you know, in the video, like how close, you know, that bud in the back is to it. Yeah, your back buds are definitely stretching out a lot more. So yeah. I'm guessing they're more like sativa uh, strong. I really hope not. <laughs> that's, that, those are supposed to be the... Uh, uh, the kosher dog. Oh, okay. I mean, maybe it is a little bit more chemi uh, of a phenotype of it. Who knows? Um, hmm, who knows? Uh, well, good thing that there are labs that will test it for you. So they will at least tell you the potency of it. Can they also tell you the strain of it if you don't know what it is? I don't know if they can, but they could definitely get you a full terpene profile. Well, um, you know, 15 to 20 terpenes. Um, right. Uh, I'm definitely interested uh, with the amount of, you know I'm going to be able to get from this. Yeah. I would gladly send in a sample of each of the strains. Definitely. It um, should be worth knowing, especially yeah. if it's something that you... Are you going to... Did you clone any of these? No. No genetics are safe? No, I'm not really worried about it. None of them are worth saving in a, in a sense that, you know... I do know that I've gone through powdery mildew already in this right, right, right. Uh, and I just want to get like, better strains. Better yeah, strains, I want to finish it off. Things. You know, um, I got the my next run is gonna plan to have some uh, tropical chem cookies from Ethos. That sounds delicious. Yeah, uh, I'm and a, I've heard great things about Ethos. I'm a big fan of GMO, and it happens to have it, and it's a tangy, like sour tangy. So like, I'm a big. You know, that that really just hit hard when I was like... <laughs> I need um, that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I got these other ones coming uh, from a guy on Instagram. Uh, and they are uh, Purple Kabul Fuel. Mm-hmm. Those are going to be in my next run, too. 
Um, and then I have some fruity pebbles uh, as nice. well. Those are just going to be a simple... If you don't make edibles out of those fruity pebbles, yeah. the world will be mad at you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm definitely excited for the next run. Yeah, if I could just get straight GMO, I'd be super happy. Yeah, so how many weeks are left in this current tent that you have? So from what it's looking like, this is going to be uh, second to last week, yeah, if nice, anything. Nice. Um, I don't know how many flushes I'll be able to get in. Uh, For living soil, how does the flush phase work? Honestly, um, I was recommended to do ice, ice. and uh, like top them all off with, you know, just buckets of like a bucket of ice on top of them. Okay. And then let it so you know, like freeze. chill or freeze. Yeah, the roots. exactly. So it's gonna cool them, and then it's also gonna water it over time. Uh, but it's also gonna give you a bunch of runoff. Is it a good idea to leave them in your garage? Maybe if you had access to that, or like if you could leave them outside, would that be something that would be worth doing? Because the point is to get them cold, right? Uh, it can be. Um, I've definitely. Uh, I definitely keep my tent, um, like, when it's off, uh, it's, like, it's to the temperature where it's can in increase the color and purple. Okay. Uh, unfortunately, a lot of the strains, like the Verano, like the, the bag seat, the one in the back, yeah. that, that would have the most color and it's coming, but it's late. Okay. I only started inducing the cold air in the last two weeks. So you're going to start inducing it? I've recently started. So okay. right now, uh, I think when we were in there, it was probably about 18 and a half Celsius. Okay. Uh, and when it's on, it usually runs about 21. Oh, okay. okay. Uh, so it does get hot in there. It does, but it can even, like, the hottest I'd recommend your tent to be is like 25 Celsius. Mm. If, if you're running Celsius yeah. to degrees. I was under the impression that plants in soil or living soil... Mm -hmm could do better in heat yeah. uh, compared to hydro. Because I know if my reservoir gets mm -hmm. anywhere over 70, yeah. something's going to pay for it. Like yeah. some somewhere, some plant or some bacteria is going to form and I'm going to like regret that later on. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, I can definitely see that being true. Uh, I mean, you have a lot more like nutrients to, yeah. you know. And like the, they're so more exposed. The roots are so much mm -hmm. more exposed to like the raw like nutrients and water temperature as opposed to soil where like they're buried in there and it's diluted it's diluted well. yeah so you have more of a buffer to i guess make mistakes oh yeah but and then the runoff is exactly like for for us like the runoff is exactly what would help us start solving issues almost um, or at least so you measure the, issue. the PPMs and pH of the runoff, right? You can. Uh, I currently haven't done any runoff to like get any good enough uh, okay. to actually you know measure it. Yeah. Um, I do you know check that all before I feed it and before I water it every time. Uh, the ideal point of runoff is definitely to like read what's going on with the water and the soil, but like. For you, I can see you also having to issue, like, you're going to have to start recalibrating your water if you have any issues, like. Yeah, I usually wait the week. Mm -hmm. um, I, like, wait the week period until I do anything to the reservoir just to see what happens. Is yeah. I don't know if it's the smartest thing to do. No, or I just, because I see some discoloration, that mm -hmm. isn't, 
I don't know, scare me to the point of saying, no. like, oh my god, I need to change the reservoir. I was like that when I first started. Of course. And it was such a waste of nutrients for me yeah. that I was just like, oh my god, I'm going to change the reservoir every time I see a little bit of orange on the roofs. Like, no, that's absurd. Yeah. So I just wait till the week's over. And then I, if I see any damage to the roofs, I just um, either spray some hydrogen peroxide as a very, very last resort. Yeah, I just change the reservoir every once a week and then add some antibacteria. Mm -hmm. Um, SLF 100, I think is what it's called for hydroponics. Mm -hmm. But yeah, when I add that, there's really nothing that happens to my roots mm -hmm. unless it's just like bad genetics or it's like an extremely hot day. Yeah. Then there might be some issues in the reservoir. But other than that, there's not much that affects my reservoir to the point of like, it's an emergency that I need to switch this out today. Um, for example, honestly, I haven't switched this current run reservoir in two and a half weeks, which isn't recommended, but they're not dying. Their nutrients is fine. They're in the veg cycle. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. Yeah. Um, not recommended, but it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but once they get into the flower cycle, that's when it's very strict, very like every week on the week you need to change this reservoir mm -hmm. because these plants are expecting these nutrients in their like genetic structure um that's where you really can i guess fiddle with the nutrients unless you're trying to make them bigger or stronger than a previous run Interesting. yeah i know very little about um you know <laughs> hydroponics yeah. i would love to learn about aeroponics even yeah, that's the next level, uh, aeroponics. I don't know if you've seen that 606 Hydro is having a vertical aeroponics farm, basically, um, just from the water, like, drips down to the top, and it doesn't spray them, yeah. but it just mists the roots. So it's it's, it's somewhat, it's, maybe it's a, a mix of aeroponics <laughs> and uh, DWC, but uh, it's, it's something that I'm definitely interested in as well. Yeah uh growing in it like cannabis itself yeah extremely hard i would say so but i don't know i just got so comfortable with ewc <laughs> it, it gets it gets the job done i can definitely feel that i mean like i'm doing soil and i doubt i'd want to change anytime soon yeah yeah it's it, it, i guess it becomes that when you start with something you get so comfortable and familiar with it and not only that but just because you ran through it once, it doesn't mean you mastered it. It doesn't mean you know what you're doing. No. It just means that you were lucky enough to not kill your plants. Um, there's still so much you can learn and improve on on that first style that you started. Mm -hmm. That if you begin hydroponics and aeroponics and all this other stuff, you'll never really master one. You'll just be growing mediocre weed of all of them. Yeah. <laughs> uh, fortunately enough, uh, I have been progressing in all of my strengths and you've you're smoking yeah, one of them right is, now it's really good thank you um but yeah every every time you want to improve you want to get better at some step along the way whether it was your you know the veg is important because that sets the root foundation or your flowering cycle nutrient schedule like because you know there's always something you can improve on post or pre-curing yeah just curing itself is important. <laughs> you are totally, you know, like you're spot on. And this is my first run. So everything I've like done, everything I've been told, everything I've researched 
has kind of culminated to just be like to this to yeah, this one moment but also like learn and then like take it for the next run like this is not the only time i'm gonna do it like right. this is this is one of the yeah, to come <laughs> yeah no i mean like like this could be terrible and i could have fucked this up and i'll be okay with it because this is exactly how you learn i'm not yeah. taking any negatives from this mm -hmm. everything i've learned from this experience is going to be added to the next run mm -hmm. uh, and it was like the physical like changes i see on a day-to-day -day basis have put it in a really good like learning experience rather than just being like you know when you overfeed your leaves start to curl or something like that or like you know what i mean like all of that stuff like it's, you know, reading from a book is fun, but actually, like, seeing it and actually learning it in person is definitely a different experience for me. When it's in front of you, you actually get to, oh, now that I read about magnesium deficiency, now I see it, and now you knew what to do, and you weren't scared, which brings me to the research that you were doing. I, I got asked this question during an interview, actually, for a cannabis job, mm -hmm. uh, and the person asked where... Um, I got my research from. So if you don't mind me asking you, where did you get your research from? I so a lot of research I used um, has come from people. Uh, Hands-on is the best. Uh, I've taken polls from handful of like friends, handful of growers. But if they're really looking for a great answer, I've like got books uh, from the cannabis course uh, specifically. Like Ed Rosenthal writes a lot of good old you know you know not newer you know generation stuff but really good basis on you know structure of like cannabis and how it grows and extraction everything in that aspect so if you really like wanted like getting pdfs of those and like looking in the index and like just finding like keywords and like researching that would have been ideal for like oh this is the this yep yeah but like honestly uh it was just a matter of, like, every time I got a strain, I wanted to know what was in it, what was giving me this effect, and how it was really great. So do you go for individual, like, research? So if you know what strain you're growing, would you want to go, like, oh, like, how have people grown this one in particular? Or do you just do, like, a toss a wide net over the internet's information and the book information? So it's kind of in between. Uh, I really enjoy, like... When I started this grow, I think I told you I wanted to do absolutely no nutrients, absolutely nothing added to it, just, you know, water, pH it, and, and see where it goes. That wasn't good enough. You learn that very quickly. You need to add stuff because it only can live in, you know, even with living soil, it only has so many months, so many, like, so much nutrients, nutrients in there. Yeah. yeah, it's going to be drained. Uh, and, like, you can see, uh, I don't know if you saw at the top of my soil on most of them, you can really see the roots that have like come up like to the top and like the soil has been like fully drenched into it it's like literally like sucked in no matter how much soil you add to the top it will fully like like reduce it into the you know pile it is and you'll just see the roots laying on top eventually how many gallons is that uh each one uh they're my five gallons five gallons yeah i was uh so when i had my before i flipped I was really curious about flipping into a seven gallon. Like, um, what stopped you from that? Uh, size. Um, as you can see, I didn't have enough room. Uh, I, 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The room and the space is always something to take into consideration. Mm -hmm. If it is your first grow, I always will advise maybe do one less plant than you thought because these plants get <laughs> really big. Yeah, exactly. So imagine if you wanted to do seven, for example, yep. and you there would be no way you can no. fit seven plants like, in that. I'm struggling with the five, like the the one in the back. I have to literally like lay on my side and stretch all the way underneath and like I still have long arms but I have to reach underneath both of my like plants in the front row to like feed it. Well at least you have them set up well where you have like the shorter ones up front yeah. and then the taller ones in the back so you can see more of it. Mm -hmm. But imagine people that don't even have the room to open all the yeah. the ten sides, you know? Like that that must be a strain. Uh, I mean that's stress imagine. that's stressful just thinking about it. But, um, I mean, it's all been good learning and it's, it's good things to come. Definitely. Definitely. Um, so the, back to the research that we were talking yeah. about, um, in that research, mm -hmm. what are you thinking about doing for your flush phase? You already talked about it. You're going to put some ice yeah. over your roots. That's going to trickle down mm -hmm. and like top feed them. Now, once you chop it what are you going to do? Are you going to do more of a dry cure or a wet? No, a dry trim or a wet yeah. trim. So, so can I ask that one time? Yeah. After you cut it, what do you think you're going to do? Are you going to do a wet trim or a dry trim? So my initial thought was I kind of want to do a little bit of a trim, just a basic, you know, I've got a lot of uh, extra, you know, families on there. Uh, but anything that contains a little bit of trichomes, even on the back end or for mm, the front end, I will leave uh, because uh, one thing I learned from my buddy's uh, grow was when you leave the uh, sugar leaves on there, even if they start to contain some trichomes and they're still more of a fan leaf, uh, you can always trim it later, but it would also contain and save the terpene profile a little bit more. It kind of keeps it and it kind of envelops it in there, uh, and the uh, it kind of can really benefit uh, in the long run. Uh, it also will keep a little bit more moisture, so you have a better uh, standing for dryness rather than like if you wait too long and like you want to bring it back a little bit. So it gives you a better window. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so for uh, personally, I just dry trim the like like you said the larger yeah. families the only the ones that are like giant the ones that are like yep. blatantly sticking out yeah. and do not belong there yeah. everything else i just leave and then i use the can of brush mm -hmm. dust off the like dry families mm -hmm. um, and then to check that they are dry and ready to be like fully manicured yeah just do the snap method yeah perfect yeah okay. so snap method and then that. That's it. You're ready to cure your butt. And on the curing process, how long were you thinking about curing? So at least guaranteed two weeks. Um, <laughs> I definitely already smoked a sample of it. Uh, I had a little bit fall off. It's hard not to. Yeah. It's really hard not to. Yeah. Um, like there was like a cut in the uh, stem and it like, it died, but it was still hanging there by two threads. And it like, it was physically like cut itself. So it was just laying there. It wasn't, you know, developed anymore, but it only happened like a week ago. So I was like, all right. Did you smoke it there and then? Or I, I actually pulled it off. Uh, I smoked it 
yesterday. Okay, so you um, waited for the you waited only, for a little bit. I only did two. I only did a day behind my PS4. Okay. Um, I you know I actually forced myself to keep my PS4 on and play it so that the heat would stay on and so like yeah, you know how, you know yeah. how hot it gets when you're playing. So of course, of course. I was just like, all right, let's play some Apex and go for some wins and. Then at the end of the day, it was a really nice, smooth smoke, actually, surprisingly. Um, and I definitely didn't get a huge flavor on this one, but there's no curing on there. So I was just happy that it was smooth enough not to cough on. I say that most of the flavor profile does come after the cure. Mm-hmm. So no worries there. I'm sure that the, yeah. your tent full will taste delicious. Oh, yeah. No. It Dude, smells great. It sounds like you have a great plan for your whole process, and I can't wait to see the end result, man. Oh, you um, definitely be seen at the end. We'll definitely make sure to add some of the clips of your buds right now. Mm-hmm. Don't even trip, dog. You, you yeah. got this. You got this. Yeah, no, I'm excited. But I also plan to kind of share um, with the people who have, you know, helped me get to where it is now. You know, there's a handful of people who have given me a lot of insight. They're all going to want to see, I think, more than just pictures. I want to. Yeah. So who's like one person in the community that you thought has definitely influenced or helped you along your path? Uh, uh, so one, two of them being like, uh, you know, there's Uchiba Farms, but I also like uh, have recently started talking to this guy, High Functioning Farms. Okay. Uh, he, yeah, they both have really great basis uh, years under their belt as opposed to me. This is, you know, everything I've learned, you know, I can only say it's from this, you know, and I'm only taking what they can tell me. Um, but I would also say my good friend, Jerome, he's just a guy that I've been friends with years and has grown indoor, outdoor and yeah. Getting people that have those experiences and those cycles under their belt is always going to be something that's definitely beneficial for a new grower such as yourself. Yeah. And Uchiba Farms, I am familiar with his grills and he does have some very, very good techniques. Mm-hmm. So definitely go give him a follow and a like if you guys do enjoy well-crafted <laughs> cannabis things. Uh, the other two, I'm not too familiar with. Uh, but I mean, if you're getting good advice from them and your buds look like this, I'm sure they're giving great advice as well. Yeah. Um, that's awesome. I'm glad that you're surrounding yourself in that community of people that are not only being supported in your new hobby, but also are contributing good, valuable inputs and not just telling you like, oh, that looks dink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally. It's, it's always like, you know, even with the negatives, they're like, oh, this is, this could have been done this way. And it's always like, it's a learning curve. So. Learning experience. Yeah. yeah. It's not going to be a scolding moment where you're no. like, oh, you fucked up. Like, no, no dude. Hey, you did this. Next yeah. time, maybe try this out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's all been. And so what, did we talk about what led you to grow? Um, or is it just that you now had access to it and you decided like, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to start planting these seeds. <laughs> No, uh, honestly, I can I can show you really crappy first time tries where I like had some you know itty bitty pots like about you know the mug right uh, and I just tried putting a seed in some soil and putting by window and so that's like half ass effort like yeah, yeah we'll see what happens maybe but I had this passion where I wanted to see it grow from seed to soil to like everything I wanted to know 
every aspect of it. And you wanted to plant it and then eventually be able to smoke it. Yeah, but growing, you know, going to school wasn't the plan and being able to, you know, do it firsthand with everybody giving me, you know, well, you know, well-crafted information. It's been definitely a, an aspect I didn't expect. Uh, I expected this to take like, you know, three times before I'd be anywhere from close to where it is. You know, I did not expect like any of the resin production it's bringing or the forms they're bringing or the density. Um, so yeah, it's, it's more than I could expect. Well, it seems that you did a lot of research before you even started your hobby. So yeah. like you knew where you were going and you had like a rough idea. So like I can tell by looking at your grow area that you definitely have like a good mind of where you want to go and where you want to be mm -hmm. in the cannabis, at least in your own hobby yeah. aspect of it. Um, and you can only expand from there. Like you said, going expand into that rosin production stuff. Yeah. Like that's just next level stuff. That's like cutting edge in the cannabis industry. And I'm just so glad that people as young as us are starting to like get so interested and involved in these new up and coming techniques. You yeah. Know? No, I mean, we have such a huge community in Chicago uh, and just in Illinois, regardless of just what city you're in. Um, I think, you know, more people should be able to connect. Yeah, no, definitely. I feel that because it's such a new, like, here you go, citizens, like, you're yeah. welcome. Have some cannabis. Yeah. Um, you know, thank us. Thank us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, line up at our dispensaries. Um, yeah, no, it's definitely come a long way from those, you know, I guess more uh, restrictive times. Um, but we are in a new era where people that have been doing this here in Chicago for years can now come out and say, yeah, I'm a very well, like, experienced craft grower. Mm -hmm. I not no longer have to hide in, like, you know, my basement and just grow a pot or two. This is where they get to, like, go out for the licenses and not only... Um, you know, crafting licenses, but also they wanted to go into extracts or um, baking or something like yeah. that. They can also do stuff like that, which is awesome. So many outlets at the end. I mean, I you know what I plan to do. So yeah. I plan on making more, you know, uh, flour to put into extracts and possibly use everything trim and every, you know, bit of it. But what do you plan on doing other than just flour? Do you, you know... I'm doing edibles with you know some of it or yeah. I'm not too into the edibles mm -hmm. uh, mainly because they don't really fit my need I like just being able to like light up a bowl and like mm -hmm. get high there and then yeah. um, but I do love one edible in particular shout out to Jane and Mary's yes that ice cream is amazing I don't know if you saw recently but I bought eight I could not contain myself that stuff is like Oof. It's like sugar for a baby. It's incredible. Um, <laughs> and I'm the baby. <laughs> uh, but no, I, for me personally, I just want to get better at growing. Mm -hmm. uh, like making bigger, better buds in hydro. Yeah. Um, that and with my abundance of bud, uh, I guess, yeah, maybe looking into a rosin press would be a good way to condense a lot of bud, like 
my last sweet deep grapefruit yielded seven ounces almost. So with that, I, I can't possibly smoke that all by myself that fast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so if I can take maybe three ounces of that and make pure extract, yeah. uh, it won't be, you know, a lot, but it'd be enough to, you know, dab every once in a while. You'd be surprised how much you yield from that, uh, the right temperature and no, the right yeah. pressure. The right, if the right person does it, I'm sure they can yield quite uh, a good amount. Yeah. But um, that also takes into the question of investing in a rosin press. And me personally, if I go into so something, hard. I, I want to like go all out. Yep. So I've already looked at the one that I wanted and it it's is a low, low temp, obviously. Yep. Yeah. Who doesn't want a low temp? Yeah. Um, if, if I could get a low temp, I would. But it's not in the cards for me at the moment. Uh, when it is in the cards, I will definitely be investing in a rosin press just to have. And honestly, it, for you know friends like yourself that just want to have someone to have a rosin press, you know, we can have a communal rosin press. It would be awesome to have the idea. <laughs> to have the Chicago craft growers just come by and like, hey, if you want to use my rosin press, you have to come and sit have an interview with me. That's how I'm gonna do it. You just press gave it, me an press idea. it on the interview. Yeah, like we're gonna press it on the interview live, like right here, right now. Like that's awesome. Yeah, no, I definitely want to be able to share that tool uh, with, cause I know it is an expensive tool and if I have access to it, I don't see why not share it with, you know, someone that has been wanting to extract their own flower. Yeah, um, of course. But yeah, that would be my personal like route, just pure, like falls deep into mm -hmm. a low temp, <laughs> no in between of like, I did try the hair drying method yeah. once and it was complete ass dad. So I was like, I'm not doing that again. I, if I ever do it again, it's going to be with a low temp rosin press. That's it. No questions asked. Yeah. Flower rosin can be fun. <laughs> they have not had plenty of uh, experiences with, um, some sort of small press like that, and yeah, it doesn't always go well. Okay. Yeah, it's just not for me. I feel bad for the nugget. Yeah. yeah, I feel bad for the nugget now. Like, oh, that could have been a nice J. Like, it could have been like a walking dog, like a walking dog J. Yeah. Those are the best. Yeah, with, uh, with summer coming around, uh, do you have any plans to, you know, hit up any events in the city or? I gotta see what's in store for them. I know there's a huge amount that uh, our local, you don't even need to name names, uh, you can see it all posted. Yep, yeah. they're, they're all over. Yeah, it's um, not hard. But I'm, I'm eager to see yeah. them more prevalent now that summer's coming around and outside. yeah, they're going to be outside, a lot more smoke, clouds, mm -hmm. 420's almost here. Oh my God. We have to acknowledge that. Um, you know, hopefully everyone gets vaccinated before that, and there will be there so will be clouds. Fast. There will be clouds in this the windy city, my yeah. friends. <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. This is gonna be an interesting four twenty, say the least. Again, depending on how the whole loss thing is, I I don't see why not why not have a four twenty little barbecue event. Yeah. Um. You know, safety first, obviously. Of but uh, if you know everything goes accordingly, yeah. um, I mean, I don't. We're see doing it. this safe enough. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, six feet apart. You know, everyone has their own J. No sharing of Js. It's 
it's a safe environment. It's like, yeah. This is this is what our future looks like <laughs> as a society. At least interviews haven't changed much. <laughs> interviews enough, fortunately enough. So how is it working in a dispensary, my friend? How is that atmosphere? Uh, I mean, I personally love it. Uh, it's exactly what I wanted to do. Uh, like you were asking earlier, how did I get into it? You know, I, uh, you know, I started at smoke shops, uh, right out of college. I just, you know, figured it was something easy I could do to make some money. And then it was just, you know, talking about class and, you know, I worked super close to a nearby dispensary and we were like the only smoke shop nearby. So they'd always come by and I'd be talking to patients like, oh, what did you pick up today? Uh, and, you know, back then it was super disclosed information. You couldn't really, you know, look at the menu unless you were part of the, you know, the program. But, uh, you know, as I learned more and more, you know, I became a, a system manager at a different smoke shop and then took that uh, into just trying being a bud tender. Is that where you first started getting educated on cannabis? When you were at that first smoke shop, like interacting with the dispensary? Uh, yeah, uh, to say the least, I was, you know... Like actual research, not, not like just smoking. <laughs> yeah, no, I was poorly informed, you know, just like the rest of most consumers, uh, you know you know, buying from somebody just on the street, you only get so much information and they only get that information from somebody else and it's, it's telephone. It's, it's a broken. huge game of broken telephone. Yeah, yeah, it's just, you know, super un, uh, unsafe at that point. So, yeah. you know, I, when I learned all that, it, what were you saying? Uh, I just want to uh, acknowledge the street dealers that have stepped up their game yep. significantly since dispensaries lab came. reports like we have oh, we're talking about like packaging we're talking about like how professional they are like i they, pulling up on time on time <laughs> they're these they're delivering now they didn't do that before no no they're this offering meet up spot there's a, yeah exactly no no they're uh they stepped up their game and we acknowledge we were yeah. no longer using sandwich bags and you now have your own label and yeah. you're learning about branding mm -hmm. and business you know this is dispensaries has lit a fire in the street of the uh, black market yeah the black market yeah and it uh and i'm i'm, I'm here for it i'm Oops. here for capital sides yeah this, this is capitalism <laughs> Is what capitalism is taking um, taking the competition, grabbing by the horns and saying, "Let's go." You're uh, you're making all that cannabis. It's it can't cannot be good. All mine is. Oh, <laughs> uh, it is funny though. <laughs> it is. It's interesting to see. It's definitely interesting to see the dynamic change. Um, and not only that, but they're also. You, you see and distinguish the good versus the bad street people to go to. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. you, you people that did not step it up clearly got left behind. Yeah. Um, unless they had a very, very loyal clientele, um, you know, or, they, change that. Yeah, or their clientele doesn't know another guy, you know, which yeah. is also unfortunate. That's but, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, 
personally, I've only dealt with a very small handful mm-hmm. of like people here because I've only been back in Chicago for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in LA, so you know, yeah, it's like a candy, yeah, it's like yeah. a candy store over there. You know, you just walk in. I want, I want jealous. an ounce of that, an ounce of that. Like, let me get this. Um, but no, it, it was definitely a different scene out here, and. I didn't smoke or do anything before I left Chicago, mm-hmm. so I wasn't aware of how it was. I just heard stories of how shitty it was to go like pick up at some like random place at some random hour with some random person. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not here to judge, you know. Like everyone's got to do what they got to do, but um, but I feel like now it's very much more so seen and run as a business. Uh, with a brand and like you know better it's just better all around for everyone for both ends um, and like I was saying you get to distinguish whoever like oh yeah this this right here is runs uh, and it's not runs it's some fucking random shit you like got from your plug uh, and you're just calling it runs because that's the, the only name. the only word people know in this town apparently is runs yeah. and what's the other one I mean, ice cream cake sells a lot. Yeah, that one. Everyone's like, oh, I have runs and ice cream cake. That's I all I have. Lotto, ice cream cake. Yeah, it's some, like, man, you Some know, whatever cross runs. Like, they're like, oh, I got orange runs. You know, it's like, it's bro, you're some random strain that you got from Michigan's, like, It's a lot of dumpsters. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's just unfortunate that they have to resort to those methods. So just to end this off, uh, just let me know your favorite strains and your favorite thing to do after smoking. So I uh, probably already mentioned it, uh, and unfortunately I talked a little bit bad about one of them, ice cream cake, you know, but... You didn't talk bad about it, you just just named how popular it was. Yeah. Yeah. If you get real, the real version of this, it is quite some fire, I have heard. Let me show you of a nug. Uh, I have a nug from January 2019. It's about a three gram nug, or it was when I got it. Um, and it's from Arise, and it no longer looks the same, like phenotype, but the purple shades on there, it's perfectly inverted. picture of it? Or no, like I that? have the nug saved. I'll Jesus grab it. Christ. Okay, we'll definitely add this <laughs> to the video version of this. I like uh, add the save. I still haven't smoked it. It's yeah, just amazing. <laughs> we'll, we'll bring it out afterwards. Yeah. Um, but that is amazing. That's yeah. incredible. Um, we will definitely be taking a look at that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what do you do after a good smoke session? Um, Besides so, have awesome interviews, you know? Uh, honestly, you're not wrong about that. This was awesome. <laughs> Round two was even better. <laughs> Round two was better, yeah. Uh, a good workout is always fun. As you can see, I have a bench right here, but uh, really just sitting down, watching a good show, talking to some friends. Chilling, unwinding, yeah, yeah. relaxing. Listening to some music, maybe. Good old 70s show vibes. I like it. <laughs> oh, man, man, yeah. And then uh, you are finishing up your current grow, mm-hmm. uh, but do you plan on growing again? Obviously, yes. But in if so, what form? Do you think you'll stick with living soil? Move to regular soil? What do you think? Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I think living soil has been really, uh, uh, really helpful in every aspect. I couldn't see myself trying to do uh, even a mix of my own soil. Um, 
So you're not going to change anything up on the soil? Uh, you know, I think I'm going to add just stuff to it in an extent of like, you know, getting some mycorrhizae, uh, also doing some, maybe some egg, uh, like ground up eggs, not like the, the egg itself, but the, um, the shell. And then um, I had some seagull uh, guano and uh, seabird guano like that. So that's more all organic stuff. Yeah, basically. I'm still trying to keep it very living, but just kind of uh, enhance the overall soil itself and make it a little bit richer. Um, it's maybe a dumb question, question, but are there worms in there? I have some worm castings. There's not wor like living worms. There is like microbes in there that are living, hence why it's living soil. Um, but uh, there is nothing like fully like moving. moving that, really yeah, moving. it's just like the the microbes in there are alive. So it's like you know, just you know, plant plant materials that's moving around and stuff that's taken over. Of course, of course. Finding more, I'd be able to. Do you add anything to like on top of it? Mm -hmm. Um, and then it just like goes down into it. That's how you feed it. Yeah. So similar top, to topping is top super feed. easy for me. Um, I didn't adjust the soil at any time earlier and I only like recently in the last like two or three weeks before I started like flowering and such like that, I didn't add anything to the soil. Um, uh, and that's when I got the seabird guano, I got some worm castings, uh, and yeah, just like before that, I was really just, you know, watering it. Then I started adding silicate uh, and, you know. So a living soil from when you started planting it, mm -hmm. how long does that last you? Uh, approximately three months. Okay. Um, but like, you know, number one thing is like people suggest not to get soil that feeds it in a elongated periods because it's harmful to the bud itself. Uh, but in this sense that it's like, it is meant for, you know, this is practically a, you know, huge cannabis company, like, promoted uh, wise, and I definitely don't see an issue with it being that, like, it's a living soil. It's the fact that, like, you get stuff like, oh, um, oh what's the miracle grow? You just go with the, you know, three month feeding soil like from them and like that's that's not something I would like, recommend on the first try. So you stick to your own schedule as opposed to yeah. like what's recommended on the like oh every person should do this? There isn't a recommended on that. I have done the feeding with the bloom tea uh, recommended like once a week but you know everything else is pretty much uh, just when feeding like watering I just add some silicate and so it's consistent throughout the thing? Yeah, I've just been doing that every every time now to make sure that the cell walls uh, are stronger and have better growth. So like when you bend and snap, they'll actually get like thicker and like you've known if you get like those stronger. knots. Yeah. yeah, like I don't know if you saw the one in the, the tall one, it has like a huge knot like I, did. I like just started bending it one day. No, towards the top. Oh, I did not see that. Because of how like far it took for the buds to grow before. I mean, it's like you know, practically five and a half feet tall. Yeah, that's uh, a big bud back there. <laughs> so I just like decided to uh, bend it towards the top, and it was really 
uh, really easy to work with, and then it just kind of... Could you light go any higher? No. Yeah. It, it's the daisy chains are up to the top, and everything is... Uh, yeah, even if... I, I That is as far as it goes, and I was actually just able to fit the fan in there uh, to help the airflow. Like, cool before, off. yeah, it was too hot. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> I didn't want any light burn. Well, it looks like your plans are very well taken care of, so good job on that. Appreciation. Um, yeah, a lot. only time will tell in the yes. uh, the curing process. And last but not least, anyone that you'd like to send a shout-out to in the whole cannabis community, not restricted. <laughs> no, I mean, that's a tough one. There are so many people that it's really just... Uh, I don't have, yeah, I don't have names at this point. You know, there's handful of people that have just been super helpful uh and being stoned doesn't help you're not wrong yeah. <laughs> jay is definitely hitting yeah. me really hard right now it was really good i appreciate that <laughs> yeah yeah no problem it, sweet deep grapefruit is sweet and then it puts you deep to sleep that's <laughs> that's what the deep part must mean because god damn can i keep my eyes open <laughs> oh wow uh, um, yeah, no, I mean, honestly, I just appreciate you being so understanding with rescheduling. Oh, yeah, dude, no problem. Especially as stoners, I feel like it just comes with being in this territory of, like, this came up, this came up. Yeah. Honestly, I just fell asleep today. Like, I just couldn't make it. Um, that it's, it's totally cool. And, you know, it just gives me more time to, like, you know, see what you're doing, catch up on, yeah. like, what other things people are up to. And I hope that after this interview, I get to meet more people in the cannabis community mm -hmm. that are willing to share their growth and their experience in um, yeah. the both dispensary and out of dispensary living. Well, I can definitely stand that you're very trustworthy to come on <laughs> in. Like, this is a great you know time to come on in. I know it's weird during everything. And yeah, of course. We keep everything as safe as possible. Yeah. Only one individual, you know. Um, but... I feel like it's gonna be it's gonna take time, you mm -hmm. know. Uh, not everyone wants people knowing that they grow, yeah, um, yeah. and you know if you know a video was an issue, we obviously wouldn't have this camera yeah. rolling or anything. Everybody's got um, different comfortabilities. Yeah, of course, and I wanna you know like accommodate everyone. So uh, yeah, thank you so much for having me in the event. It was a pleasure seeing you grow and hearing what your insights are, um, and I hope to see more of your endeavors along the way. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Of course.